Hello, welcome to Under the Skin with me, Russell Brand. This week it's, is it lovely Joel back in the USSR? Yeah. Joel Backin is going to be our guest on the podcast. And if that's the reason that you've tuned in, then be assured that Joel Backin is a fantastic guest. He was sort of, a, would say, an Adam, Adam Curtis-level thinker. He's an American-Canadian writer, filmmaker, and professor at the Peter A. Allard School of Law at the University of British Columbia. You know that book? Um, what was that film, though? Why was that in the intro? You know, Corporation Psychopath or whatever. What's that film called? The Corporation. Is that what it was called? Why is that not in the intro? What kind of person are you? The Corporation, that film where he sort of says that the corporations are psychopaths, he made that a brilliant film. And now he's got a new book out called uh, The New Corporation, How Good Corporations Are Bad for Democracy. He's released a documentary film based on it. You can find out more about both at joelbacken.com. His name is spelt Joel. You know that bit. B-A-K-A-N. Joel Backen. Fantastic conversation, wonderful man, brilliant educator. I felt brighter and mentally stronger when the conversation was finished. So do check that out. Jenny, Jenny, Jenny. <laughs> what? Why are you upset is everyone it, today? Is it because of You said that cruel thing to no, Gareth. he was angry at me. You wouldn't let him in the office is no. what I heard. And then you said you've got <laughs> no. deceitful eyes and a no. lying mouth or something no. like that. Really, I was giving him a compliment. How is that a compliment? Because I said Would his eyes are truthful. Right, truthful eyes. Because he was wearing a mask, so I couldn't see his, his face. I think, <laughs> Gareth, just would you like to recount on mic what happened No, Gareth has a skewed version of it, like a, a witness statement. He oh, was, what, and your objective are you, Jen? Yeah. Objectively going around hurting people's feelings? Are you gaslighting? She's I gaslighting us all. I don't gaslight, because I'm too objective. Well, that's what Gaslighter would say. Gaslighter would say it's the truth, you idiot. No, How could I, I gaslight I you, fool, to Maya? I wouldn't call anyone an idiot. That's true. Um, but you criticised my lovely... No, I didn't criticise it. Thing. Even Gareth said it wasn't, wasn't a plus or a minus, and he got upset earlier, so he would have had motive. I'm wearing a beautiful coat <laughs> with a beautiful lining and an Aztec print at the pockets and at the back running down the spine. I said, Jen, what do you think of this garment? She said, nothing for a while to let me <laughs> stew in my own juice. And then eventually she said, I wasn't expecting the back. That's what you said, wasn't it? Yeah, but that's, you took offence to it. I asked other people what they thought. And they, the people that work here, Didn't socially distanced and in masks. Annabelle, what did you think? Well, Annabelle laughed. <laughs> she laughed. So I think... <laughs> Were you like, was that a coat laugh or was it a laugh at the cruelty of Jen? It was a mixture. <laughs> Some of the laugh was about the coat. I was seeing the laugh as my way out of this, but the laugh. This is a beautiful coat by a very talented person. What's the label? We it's didn't say it wasn't. Read the label because the person deserves promotion. The inside. You see, again? it is a nice lining, but I didn't see the lining. I was just surprised, oh, surprised by the back. Paul Alipe. Paul Alipe. And his brand is called Barcelona. What a gifted guy he is. <laughs> to be scoffed at in this manner. Have you been all right, Jen? Is there anything else that you want to add now that it's, we've adjudicated? See, it's because Mercury is in retrograde. This is it's wrong. not Mercury. <laughs> are you, you're starting to believe in astrology, are you? I don't believe in anything. Nihilist. Dangerous. The most so dangerous everything's people. relevant if you don't believe in anything. <laughs> <laughs> Gareth's got a jaunty song for every occasion. You're the person that should be near the microphone. Lifting people's moods. Rather than this sour Irish woman dragging us down <laughs> into the doldrums. 
while she sits I like a gnarled oak tree code. root. A withered tree root come to life. You know, like in a film, like uh, maybe <laughs> Guardian of the Galaxy, where it shows a tree, tree roots come to life. I think he's called Groot. Happens a lot of films now. You're a bit like that. No. You're like a, a living But you branch. wouldn't like it if I said something that wasn't true. Because then you wouldn't trust me. That's true. Yeah. That is one of the things about your scepticism. <laughs> it makes you reliable. <laughs> well, well done for being you. And everyone listening, well done for being you. There's going to be a lot more you after you hear Joel Bakken educating you on the problems of modern corporations embracing uh, conscientiousness but merely as a further marketing and advertising tool did you enjoy the episodes with adam curtis did you jenny yes <clears throat> because uh, your bits were the best <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's your response because <clears throat> your bits were the best that's, <laughs> that's lovely that's you you that was plausible but I do. I, no, you're right. I prefer you being your normal self. Don't try to be kind ever again. It was, I'm almost blushing. You liked it? Did you Did you listen to it when you yes. edited it? Yeah, of course. Did you leave me email address in it or anything no, like that? You know, I got rid of the awkward silences. Well, I like those. I left some of them. Some of them were too long. What awkward silences were they? When he when I would say something to him and he just didn't say anything. Yeah, like. and it, yeah, yeah. Why do you like that? He doesn't want to rise to your publication. I'm actually friends with him, but like you would not know that. Maybe he's heard conduct. the intros and he's not doesn't want to play into it, your game. <laughs> I'm not playing into that game, Russell. Yeah, it was hurtful, wasn't it? Um. Well, here's some comments. Fitness dot food feelings. Fitness dot food dot feelings. <laughs> Ideas are never in short supply. It's the application and execution of knowledge in a beneficial way by competent and honest people, which is sadly lock- lacking in the higher stratas where those who wield influence operate. Yeah, that is what's happened. Good comment, food.fitness.food.feelings. Who picked this comment? Me. Difficult to believe. Glamour House underscore Deb. Refreshing dialogue, an interesting and intelligent conversation. Thank you. Ananok. Amarnok, 89. Why are we being advised to grow our own food and live off grid, spread people out, from living stat why are we not being advised to grow our own food and live off grid spread people out from living stacked on top of one another the planet isn't as small as we are taught and then some crossed hammers meaning this person might be a West Ham fan like me mystical locations I never run out of ideas let's turn the houses of parliament into a big party hall and put EDM on in there applause hands well done mystical locations yeah why not do that as good as anything else that we've had suggested <laughs> you're look in all honesty are you all right what have you been doing at home um no, absolutely nothing you're telling me now that there's a spot on the sofa you don't sit on anymore <laughs> i'm trying not to because you sit there and then it's the end of the day that's that bit of the I sofa i don't get anything done so i sit on the step in my room on mm. the floor on the meditation cushion you're just moving around your house yeah, Sitting in different <laughs> trying places. to be productive, but not the sofa. What you nestle down there? It just—it's not—it's not good. Do you, are you looking at an app or something? What are you I'm up to? I'm working. What exactly is it you do? <laughs> I do this. <laughs> Curious business. All right, should we listen to Joel Backen then? Yes. Thank you. Let's do, let's listen to Joel Backen. We'll all learn something. Was there something I was meant to be making sure that I promote? There's a mailing sure. list. com. Please sign up to the mailing list. You get really good content now. We're doing wonderful work. Uh, Demire's producing a series of 
Well, what it is is me talking about inspirational thinkers, philosophers, poets, etc. We started with Gandhi. It's a lovely little video. We'll send you that. That's just absolutely for free for you. Also, we're doing live events now, doing some tapping on Zoom with Nick Ortner, who was a guest on this show. If you're a member of the, if you sign up to the mailing list, then uh, you'll get these exclusive free invites and free bits of high value content is how I would describe that in market speak. Um, the other thing I wanted to tell you side about... Side channel. Side channel. I've got a side channel now, Awaken with Russell. No, that's Sam Harris. Awakening with Russell. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Awakening with Russell. Check that out for new videos on meditation. And do look at the videos on YouTube as well. And if you if you want to ask me anything, you can ask me anything by going again to russellbrand.com and uh, just ask me any questions using your little mouth hole and uh, it'll be included in the podcast. Should we get on with Joel Backer now, Jane? Yeah. So I feel a bit weary and un- I'm not fully myself. <laughs> okay. That's why I think as many of your slurs were what? I was not... particularly bruising. Oh, no. No. Um, let's listen to Joel Backen. Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not no, a successful that, route. Yes, that's, that's, that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. It doesn't look like an ideology. What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told? And welcome to Russell Brand. Under the skin. The point I make is that there's been a kind of two-pronged strategy. The first prong has been over the last 40 years, big business has done everything it can to whittle down, push back, uh, force into retreat um, social, the social state. Uh, social program, social government, uh, they push for privatization, they push for deregulation. So they push for a smaller and smaller uh, capacity of the state to actually serve the needs of the people and to regulate them. So on the one hand, they've done that. On the other hand, they've said, and by the way, we're good now, so we can take over those roles that the diminished state used to run. Uh, whether it's schools or water systems or whatever. So that's been the two-pronged attack. So the the uh, shrouding themselves in goodness has been very much part of a deliberate strategy to sort of finish the work of taking over everything. Um, and they've done a they've done a very good job at it. And I think the the point when I realized that I was shooting with a crew in in Davos, Switzerland, at the big sort of Davos uh, World Economic Forum uh, thing in 2018. And I caught a guy named Richard Edelman in the town square and I had my camera operator. And so we did an interview on the fly. Richard Edelman is like probably the world's most uh, well-known and influential business guru. He's the guy that corporations pay tons of money to, uh, to explain to them what's happening. And he also is a big believer that corporations should be good, should embrace purpose, should do the right thing, all that kind of stuff. And so the way he put it to me is that corporations are good actors now so they can fill the voids left by retreating governments. Now, of course, the reason governments are retreating is because corporations have pushed them into retreat. They've lobbied, they've influenced, they've done everything they can to drive down taxes, regulation, and all of that. So now that they're in retreat, corporations step in and say, okay, we'll solve the problem. They don't work anymore, so we'll take over. But then I said to him, well, what happens to democracy? Because whatever else you might say about corporations, they're not democratic institutions. 
And this is what he said to me, and it's a direct quote. It's in the film, it's in the book, and it's chilling. He said, because this is the good guy of corporate capitalism. He said, I'm not much of a believer in political citizenship. I believe in the power of the marketplace. Now, that's something Maggie Thatcher would have said. But the thing is, when it's said in Davos in, 2000, in, in 2018 by Richard Edelman, it sounds really nice and fluffy and good because now corporations are good. And so ah, political citizenship, not really working, you know, so just let us run things. We'll do it much better and more efficiently. Um, and I think that is the mentality that is happening within this whole movement that talks about corporations being great, good actors now, sustainable, socially responsible, all of that. What well, that's really cool. I wonder how it aligns with the recent um, movement by neoliberals, i.e. specifically the US Democrat Party from a kind of uh, socially conscientious, working class oriented, wealth distribution, fixated model of politics. Not that that's ever been particularly prominent in US politics, I acknowledge, towards a kind of a social justice uh, sort of motif led, doubtlessly addressing sort of many uh, important issues, but perhaps neglecting the kind of um, obligations of citizenship or at least creation of parameters for citizenship that y your man there sort of said was kind of irrelevant. You know, it seems that there's n nowhere really, like there's no political party that can in good faith make a counter argument because they've both in the case of America and you know all in a few other countries, long been owned by the interests that you're describing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the end of the book and film um, sort of showcase examples of politicians who try to break out of that neoliberal mode. We went over to Barcelona and talked to the mayor there at a colau. Uh, we look uh, we we feature Bernie Sanders a little bit. We look at Shama Sawant, a socialist city councillor in Seattle. So we, we acknowledge that the problem is that the traditional parties of the quote left or the progressive parties, whether it's, uh, I mean, labor in Britain is complicated. Um, Corbyn, uh, you know, may be seen as somebody trying to go in a non-neoliberal direction. But for the most part, the parties of the left in Europe, around the world, Canada, the United States, if you could ever call the Democratic Party a party of the left, um, have kind of abandoned their class roots. And some people say, oh, well, that's a good thing because now they're embracing broader identities and going more in the identity politics thing. And that's a good thing because uh, those things need to be recognized. And they're absolutely right. Those things do need to be recognized. Mm -hmm. But what also needs to be recognized and what isn't being recognized is that those things are intrinsically woven into class. Yeah. And, and that, for me, the, the ultimate victory of neoliberalism is that it has extinguished class consciousness, it's extinguished class as an analytical tool in the academy, and it's um, been able, and it can do that because capital doesn't really care about 
you know, gender, race, all these issues have historically been part of what's helped generate capital is exploiting gender, exploiting race, all of that. But capital today can be quite magnanimous about equality <laughs> so long as it doesn't attack its class position. Wow. So if you make in, if you make class invisible, you can recognize all kinds of inequalities as long as you don't recognize their intrinsic connections to class. And that's what's happened in mainstream progressive politics is class has been evaporated. And that's why companies like Amazon or Jamie Dimon at J.P. Morgan Chase can come in now as heroes and saviors and say, hey, we believe in equality because the term equality no longer encompasses the profound wow. of them having the class position they have. That's cool. Um, I've got a few things. First off the bat, I'm sorry that I'm the person to tell you that uh, Jeremy Corbyn has been replaced by a centrist lawyer. <laughs> as the leader of, of the of the labor party um I, I, yeah, but there but there was a moment right and just like in the united states even though uh sanders didn't you know succeed there was a moment where you saw maybe a glimmering of a counter neoliberal kind of politics happening within a mainstream yes and in both cases it was interesting how the sort of host party we could call it like you know sort of attacked that idea vehemently using sort of fascinating in tropes to isolate, discredit, and ultimately and uh, annihilate those figures. Though sort of uh, uh, Bernie's been sort of posited into this sort of neutered avuncular role. It seems now sat in his mittens as a sort of a reminder as, as the relentless march continues forth. Um, I like what you said there about the magnanimity of corporations around equality that's extracted from essentially from economics, given that economics is sort of palpably and most plainly their raison d'etre and their sort of the only reason for existing and I was wondering what you thought Joel about the kind of uh, like while these uh, sort of movements around equality have been taking place which can be bolted on to uh, corporate and brand identities you know sort of like a, around the sort of the horrors of the murder of uh, George Floyd and the sort of subsequent Black Lives Matter revival and explosion. The participation of corporations in that movement was notable. And I'm always, myself, I suppose, was of my age and the kind of experiences I've had, sort of cynical about anything that can be like it. Like if even in our country, when I see Boris Johnson and Prince Charles applauding for the NHS, I'm immediately like, well, if they're into it, like, I don't know how this can, this is obviously it's not a problem. It's obviously not, a, it's not an attack on the, you know, on the one vulnerable point that they always put in the Death Star for, you know, narrative reasons. Uh, but, but like, um, uh, I feel like this demonization of the working class, which is sort of, I think, part, like led to the rise of Trumpism, Brexit, you know, even perhaps QAnon, I, I see now as an accompaniment to uh, the rise of identity politics and the ability of identity politics to be bolted on to corporate agendas in a way that you can't do with people uh, whose identities are inherently derived from class. I mean, here's the crazy thing. It's it's the, I mean, well, let me address a few points there because there are a lot of them. The first one is you are right to be cynical about the posturing. I mean, Amazon is talking about Black Lives Matter while at the same time busting unions, primarily uh, being put together uh, by 
workers who are people of color, African-Americans in the United States and other people of color in highly exploitative conditions in conditions where they're unsafe due to the pandemic. Uh, they're trying to form unions. They're, they're trying to say something. They're getting fired for doing that. They're working in horrendous slave-like conditions. They're having any minimal employment standards that are provided them by law, evaded, avoided, squelched, lobbied against. So it is just absolutely, it's hard to be. It's hard to be too cynical. And that's a very sad thing. Uh, but it's hard to be too cynical when corporations jump on these bandwagons or, or gender or, or, or any of them. And, and the trick is always the way that they separate the issue from class relations, from work related. They don't say, you know, Amazon doesn't say, hey, we care about African-American people. So we're going to raise the wages of our warehouse employees and stop trying to bust their unions. The day that they do that, I'll, you know, the day that, that, that uh, Jonathan and Prince Charles uh, say, hey, you know what? The NHS is really going to shit because it's not properly funded. So let's raise corporate taxes by 23%. You know, let's, let's make sure that corporations and wealthy people provide what they should be providing so that we can have a decent healthcare system. When they do that, and when Jeff Bezos, you know, says, hey, I want my employees to unionize then we should have this chat again uh, because I may be a little bit less cynical and you may be too, but that's, that's not gonna happen. If you're enjoying this conversation, join me over at Luminary for the rest of our discussion and for all the latest episodes of Under the Skin. Go to luminarypodcast.com to start your free trial. See you there, thank you.